Welcome to As the Season Turns, the podcast following each month of the year. As the hedgerows change, the full moons come and go, and nature takes its course in the garden. I'm Leah Lander, a nature writer and author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide. And this podcast is brought to you by Fern, makers of small-batch organic natural perfume, who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to what to look for in the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you, in the words of the poet Ray Carver, settle deeper into the seasons. October is here, and I always think it can be a month of two very different parts. We start off October almost playing at autumn. Oh, isn't it Beautiful, the golden light and the colourful trees. Oh, look, here's a cute little autumn mist. We might toy with lighting a fire, even though it's really not quite cold enough. All that sort of nonsense. But then, as October ticks on, it starts to get properly cold and dark. The first frosts might even appear. And then right at the end of the month, the clocks change, and darkness falls an hour early, and it's suddenly all feels a bit serious. The Anglo-Saxons called this month Winter Philip, a word composed of winter and full moon, and they thought that winter began on October's full moon, which this month falls on the 20th. So this really is the moment to enjoy autumn in all its glory, because winter is on its way. Make the most of beautiful October while it is here. The Naming of October Davour in Scots Gaelic October in Scots and Ulster Scots Derafaw in Irish Gaelic Gerafawa in Manx Hadrav in Welsh Hedra in Cornish and October in Gerier The naming of this month in the languages of the British Isles gives glimpses into past autumnal concerns. Two are clear-cut. Dera Four in Irish Gaelic and Gera Fawa in Manx both contain words meaning end and harvest. It is the final chance to gather in crops. But the Welsh, Hudrov, which is the Welsh word for both autumn and October, is thought to be derived from Hud meaning stag and Brev meaning lowing, beating, and the Cornish Hedra appears to come from the same root. The Scots Gaelic Davour similarly points to the importance of deer in this month and comes from Dav meaning rut. It is rutting time when the stag's bellows are heard at dawn and dusk and the start of the hunting season. The Romany name for the month is Putta Tengaro, month of the potatoes. This was the final month of the big harvesting jobs for Romany families and the tater picking up was a big job to see them into autumn. It was hard work, bending all day and then lifting the heavy loads of potatoes, but it was lucrative and carried out as the days turned increasingly cool and the leaves started to turn, the morning's fire suddenly particularly welcome to see off the night's chills and mists. The Hedgerow in October 
All of the hedgerow leaves are now colouring or falling. Shades of red, yellow, brown and even tinges of purple cling on between the late hedgerow harvest of rosehips, elderberries, sloes and haws. Spiders are at their largest and most mature, with many of them pregnant too, and they are highly visible on webs strung extravagantly across the hedgerow, as if this is their time. The webs catch the dew from the night mists that begin about now, and the droplets may even freeze like beautiful strings of jewels as the first frosts of the year hit. The hazel dormouse is busy building a new nest especially for winter, at ground level and sheltered by dead wood, moss and leaf litter. Dormice will then go into their long and deep hibernation until next May. Hedgehogs will also go into hibernation this month or next and need to eat as much as they can to build themselves up ahead of this. Badgers do not hibernate, but are feeding on fallen crab apples, brambles and acorns to put on fat reserves ahead of winter. With autumn rains, the mosses on dead branches and at the base of the hedgerow start to produce and release their spores, their equivalent of seed, which will be carried through the air to land and germinate on moist soil and create new mosses. Rains also encourage mushrooms and other fungal fruiting bodies to appear, ethereal pure white porcelain fungi on dead beech, bracket fungi on spindle and oak, chicken of the woods, beefsteak fungi and many more. Flower of the month, marigold. Latin name, calendula officinalis. Calendula, from the Latin calendi, meaning calendar, or first day of the month, either from the plant's efficacy in treating menstrual disorders, or from the fact that they bloom most months of the year. Officinalis indicates medical properties and uses. Common names, pot marigold, ruddles, Scotch marigold, marybud, holly gold. The name marigold comes from Mary's gold, as they are in vibrant flower during the Feast of the Annunciation of Mary on the 25th of March. Clearly, March is at the other end of the year, but as the Latin name Calendula points out, marigolds flower all year round, and they are certainly blooming now in their Halloween-friendly shades of pumpkin and fallen leaf. Another plant that goes by the name is the Aztec marigold, Tagetes erecta, which is strongly associated with the Mexican Day of the Dead, Dia de Muertos, which itself has connections to Halloween. They are used as glowing orange grave decorations to attract the souls of the dead. Calendulas themselves have links to witchcraft, weather divining and medicine. Hung over a doorway, they ward off evil, and if a marigold hasn't opened by 7am, there will be a thunderstorm. Marigold's medicinal uses are many, to treat stomach ulcers, menstrual cramps, dermatitis, skin inflammations, burns and more. They are edible too. Sprinkle some petals over your Halloween pumpkin soup. These annuals should be sown in spring or in autumn for early flowers next year. They are great self-seeders, so once might be enough. A Welsh folk tale for October, Merlin's Apples. 
There are many real-world candidates for the legendary Isle of Apples of Arthurian legend, widely known as the Isle of Avalon, derived from Aval, Welsh for apple. One such is Innis Enli, or Bardsey Island, off the tip of the Llyn Peninsula in Gwynedd, Wales. Here it is said that the wizard Merlin lived in a magical glass castle, and Morgan le Fay, the healer and enchantress, and King Arthur's half-sister, studied under him. Apples often play a magical role in folk tales and myths, the trees being gateways to fairy lands or the underworld, and the apples themselves poisoned or enchanted. Avalon was one such gateway, and the trees on its slopes produced fruit all year round. Morgan brought Arthur to Avalon when he was mortally wounded, and he was either laid to rest or, in keeping with the Apple Island's powers, he still awaits the moment for his messianic return to claim the throne. In 1998, a keen ornithologist, Andy Clark, was on Bardsey Island to catch and ring birds. Needing bait for his net, he collected some windfall apples under a gnarled tree in the lee of an old house. He noticed that, unusually for North Wales, the apples were disease-free, so he sent samples to the National Fruit Collection at Brogdale in Kent. They pronounced them unique. No one had seen this apple before. Cuttings were taken, and Bardsey Island apple trees can now be bought in small quantities. The apple is rosy in colour and tastes lemony and sweet. It cooks to a light golden fluff. Locals say that the tree has always been there, and they know the apples as Merlin's apples. There is a theory that the myth of the glass castle arose from some kind of early greenhouse that allowed apples to thrive in Bardsey's harsh conditions. The medieval name for October's full moon, which this month falls on the 20th, was the hunter's moon or blood moon. Deer and livestock have fattened up over the summer, making October the time to hunt, slaughter and stock up on meat for winter. The combination of the leaves starting to fall from the trees and the bright light of a full moon would have made for a particularly excellent hunting night. During the course of October, day length decreases by 2 hours and 24 minutes to 9 hours and 8 minutes in Inverness and by 1 hour and 50 minutes to 9 hours and 49 minutes in Padstow. Spring and Leap Tides The spring tides are the most extreme tides of the month with the highest rises and lowest falls while neap tides are the least extreme, with the smallest. Exact timings vary around the coast, but expect the spring tides around the following dates, the 8th to the 9th of October and the 21st to the 22nd. Migration of the Month, European Eel this month, hundreds of thousands of eels that have lived in our rivers and estuaries for up to 14 years will leave us, never to return. They will clamber across mud and even damp grassland, shake off silt and slip downstream, heading towards the Atlantic Ocean. The eel's migration pattern is complex and mysterious, 
with several phases of it still only guessed at. Life seems to begin for them 5,000 kilometres away in the Sargasso Sea, an area of the western Atlantic Ocean northeast of Cuba, and the only named sea bounded by currents rather than land. It has an abundance of sargassum seaweed, and it is here that mature eels are thought to spawn larvae, though no one has ever seen it. The larvae then drift on the Gulf Stream for up to three years, growing as they go, until they reach the coasts of Western Europe. At this point, in the first of several name changes, they are known as glass eels because of their near-transparent bodies. The glass eels start to make their way inland, up rivers, streams and even tiny creeks, piling on top of each other in their thousands at times to overcome obstacles and work their way far, far upstream. When in fresh water, they develop pigment, and at this stage they are known as elvers, or juvenile eels. They will live out their lives, eating worms, insects and crustaceans, until the time comes for their return, at which point they are known as yellow eels, for their golden pigmentation. At some mystery signal, they up and leave. Their return is not straightforward. For a start, they don't take the most direct route across the Atlantic. Instead, they veer far south, presumably to catch the Gulf Stream current and hitch a ride back up to the Sargasso. And as they travel, their bodies change. Their guts dissolve, which means they must make the entire journey on stored energy, and their eyes enlarge so that they can see through the murky ocean depths. Their bodies turn silvery, You guessed it, they are now known as silver eels, so that they are harder to spot by predators. Once they have spawned in the Sargasso Sea, they will die, but not before sending a new generation of tiny larvae, bobbing slowly towards us again on the ocean current. October Garden Meditation Now the garden is swinging fully into autumn. There is no ignoring it. If you've been removing your shoes and socks for these garden meditations, you may feel a little more reluctant now. Do it anyway, particularly because there should still be some warmth held in the soil, stored up from the past summer of sunshine, and it's good to feel that for yourself. Look for the dew in the mornings, a sign that the air is cooling during the suddenly longer, colder nights, leaving the humidity in the air unable to suspend itself, and so settling on every leaf and spider's web. Note how the webs have suddenly started to proliferate, and imagine the spiders spinning their silken creations each night, ready to ensnare a fly or passing gardener the next morning. There is a big change in the plants now as they start to pull back in on themselves. Some are dying, but only after they have enthusiastically shed their seed. Others are dying back, but that is a different thing. Think about how they are pulling all of their energies into themselves, protecting themselves from what is to come. With some plants... This means retreating back under the ground, leaving all top parts to die. 
For others, it means shedding leaves, leaving exposed only tough and gnarled trunks and stems. Look around your garden and think about this process beginning and note all of the accidental beauty that it creates. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2021, available in all good bookshops. This podcast has been brought to you by Fern. Fern is a natural fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year released at the equinoxes and solstices. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern production ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.